Welcome, this is Beyond the Here Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And this is the show that will take you a moment to wrap your heads around new thought, new thinking, new ideologies in the way you've been taught to think and to believe about yourself, the world around you, and your place in it. Today's topic, we're going to discuss the urgent need for food production. Now, this is important because people are thinking as they hear this in some countries or many countries in the world, why would this be a problem? We live in this modern first world country. We're not a third world nation. But every third world nation for several years has realized the problem with food and this urgency. And what happens is you see, we on the top of the food chain, so to speak, realize it perhaps too late. Now this is important because you have to understand not just third world countries, but second and first world has already been experiencing food production problems. Now I can go into detail a little bit later about why that was planned by so-called powers that be for their benefit. But in the meantime, I want to just let you know here in the United States, for instance, I'm not sure if you are aware, but because of the financial crunch, the amount of people and the need in food banks has increased not 100%, but 200% over last year. Yep, that's everybody in the middle class joining the ranks of those that were the impoverished or below poverty level before in the food banks, and that's in the United States. But no, no, you understand, you're not going to hear it on the news. You only hear what they would prefer you to hear, to be slanted into a certain thinking, and to keep you all just, you know, humming along on the machine until they're ready to tear it down. So it's important that you understand, I don't want you to get angry. I, that's, that's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. What you want to do is get smart, get a little knowledge, and then put it to your benefit, and that's the purpose of the show today. So it's essential that you understand, I remember hearing on the news several months back that in Russia they had a severe issue with wheat, severe, and the rate for wheat is very high, and that's one of their main staples, for kasha and all kinds of things, so bulgur wheats. So it's important throughout the country, vegetables and things like this was a severe problem. The prices of a tomato overseas was outrageous. You see, in America, we're used to everything coming out of a box or can, so we haven't really noticed, have we? It seems to be on our shelves, but have you noticed that the selection is depleted? It's not as many selections, or it's not as many variety as you found last year, even. But you haven't noticed, because you still are on the hamster wheel, because you've got to pay your bills, financial crunches going on, so you haven't paid attention. But have you noticed all the commercials with more processed foods coming on? Everything in a box, from this helper to that helper, to this to that, that's all in a box. Or even now down to the can, a ton of soup commercials. Reminds you of the soup days of old, or the soup kitchens that used to exist in the last Great Depression. So whether you want to realize it or not, it would be smart and behoovia to really Look into what's really happening. Why is the variety on your shelves lessening and lessening? Why is your brand not there? If you happen to go to the dollar store for a little trinket from here or there, look. It's increased. Everybody is in line, but they're not getting little trinkets. They're getting food that's been produced. They know they can get vegetables there. They know they can get fruits there for a dollar. So their capacity has increased. Have you noticed how Walmart has added in food in their stores? Why? Because they can buy in mass for a lower dollar. So I know you haven't looked at this because you're too busy, I understand, trying to preserve your life, livelihood, and lifestyle. But isn't it better to be prepared than not? I'm not making an, or dramatizing this issue. This is real, but like I told you, it usually gets to the top of the food chain last. And I mean those that have been consuming so much. But I want you to pay attention to why the stores 
aren't so crowded anymore, not even on the Saturdays as they used to be. Yeah, you still see people shopping. Those that still have jobs, they still, oh, my, my paycheck hasn't been touched. But look around you. I bet you know four people that their paycheck has been touched. I bet you know, or here to five. I bet you know five people that have lost their homes. So it's important for you to understand this is real and to grasp it and practically prepare. My whole point about this world is that people don't look, then they don't see, then they don't pay, prepare, and then there's extreme chaos, extreme disaster when there needn't be. And mind you, speaking of the food and the disasters, as you look around the world, don't you hear of a new one every week, somewhere in the world, major disaster? Used to be once in a while. Of course, now it's every week. And then I notice the weather reports on TV, they just glow. Oh, isn't that a wonderful aurora borealis? Look at the colors in the sky. The northern lights are great this year. Mother Nature is just amazing. But they haven't told you the solar flaring is so intense that it's causing an anomaly in our magnetic field here on the Earth that will eventually produce a great change there will be a need for you to have a source of food. And so they talked about global warming, but they stopped that talk, and the media is now pronouncing it as climate change. So, even in California, we get erratic weather. So, a couple of days ago, it was 80 degrees. A day or two before that, it was the high was 57 in California. Because, you see, the Earth is going through her natural changes that she has done. For the 4.5 billion years she's been around, she, no matter how much you want to meditate, no how much you want to ignore it, no how much you want to believe it's not happening, she's making her global changes in the way she positions her North and South Pole. Tampa Airport closed last year, January 7th through the 13th, I believe, for one week to change their lines on the runway. Didn't tell the public. It was because North Pole had so drastically changed the planes were landing 400 miles different. So that's why you see the sun a lot brighter. That's why you see flowers blooming right now, weeks before they're supposed to. And that's why you see still dumping of, of snow and ice and flooding in major areas of the United States and the rest of the world at these odd times. I was told by a client that in Brazil, it's supposed to be hot. It's been drastically cold. India just had its coldest season. People had to, they died. Some of the people froze from the amount of cold in India. Always hot and humid, right? Well, not so much. So these climate changes that they're trying to feed you are actually the pre actual precursors to Earth's great changes that are happening upon us. So don't you understand? Food production is necessary to feed your families. And you should be able to do it uh, with pennies on the dollar. You saw what happened in the agricultural world in the 60s and 70s. Farms kind of got squeezed, squeezed out. That started in the 30s, continued through. There was an upgrade in the food production during the Second World War. And then it kind of went on a decline again a little after that, 20 years after that where corporations would take over big farms. Farms that had been in generations for hundreds of years and those families were taking over because they couldn't pay. And I bet you didn't realize in the United States the extreme flooding that happened from March through November, solid water sitting on acres and hundreds of miles in the breadbasket of the United States in 2011. Those people were living on the second floor. I knew people that knew people would call they were surviving on the second floor of their homes because the breadbasket by the Mississippi and Missouri rivers was flooded through Iowa, Nebraska, and parts of Missouri. So much so that that acreage is sitting soaked now. And though they're now, since November, the waters have receded, but they didn't get a season last year to plant. They didn't get the money from those crops since March. So they would normally get their money once a year, a farmer would get his money, he'd take his crop in and get the seeds for the next year, all the supplies he needed for his food and his family once a year. 
Well, they didn't get that in the bread basket last year because it was totally flooded over for months. No FEMA, no Red Cross. People living on the second floor, look it up. You can find the pictures on the Internet. I don't need to dramatize anything. That's reality. So the United States, they haven't felt it because we lacked a food production for one summer. You're going to see the lack of production in this coming succeeding months. They don't get it because those farmers, remember, didn't make the money to buy seed last year. So they don't have crops, and they're still trying to air out that soil so it can dry up. It's too wet to plant anything, even for the little that might have seed. So do you understand whether manipulation or not? This is the reality we faced. So next summer, it'll be even more. You'll see the differences in the amount of variety in the grocery stores. So don't you think you ought to do something that can produce food right in your own backyard if you want it? No matter what winter, weather, too much rain, no matter what the climate would bring you, since all the environments are changing, don't you think that would be ooh, a rather good idea to do so? So you might want to try to look beyond the daily grind that you go through. Look beyond getting in the car, throwing the kids and going to school, then going on to work and coming home, going back to the TV when you get home, and zoning out to the next day. You want to prepare for yourself, for you and your family. This is serious. This is real. You need to urgently prepare for food. Don't you see the prices going up? Every time gas goes up, unfortunately, you see the prices in the stores go up. You notice the change. You should notice the correlation. And yes, the oil companies made $80 billion in profits last year. Uh-huh. Kind of strange, don't you think? So it's important for you to understand when oil prices go up, food prices go up, because the drivers, the, the trucks that take it in there, have to pay more for the mileage to get it to you from the farm, from the warehouses, from the granaries to get to place to place to have it baked, made, processed, or straight to your store in the produce section. They have to pay a lot more to get it there. So they're going to have to pass that charge on to you, as you've seen. So don't go blindly look at these things. Even if you're buying now from fresh into the can, it, got, it has to get into the can first. That means it has to be produced. And of course you've heard about Monsanto. And what is that? Monsanto. 70s, it was a rug company that produced a stain-proof rug. Isn't that amazing? Now it's producing the seeds for the world. So, the apples that we might have had, 4,000 strains of apples oh, just a few years ago, we've only got 700 left. Could be 400. Could have transposed those numbers. The point is, it went from 4,000 to the hundreds, the low hundreds at this point, of apples. So Monsanto took it upon themselves a few years ago to be the seed producer of manufactured seeds that were genetically altered to only have one season of yield. And then you had to buy more seeds. Great for them. <laughs> Puts them in business, doesn't it? You're listening You're to listening. Indie, Indie 100, 100 Worldwide, Worldwide, home of independent home of music, music, music and, and fascinating, fascinating talk. Fascinating talk. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau. And today's topic, we're talking about the urgent need for food production and how to take matters into your own hands. This is essential. Um, you can find more information about me and what I do at InTheSecretGarden.com. That's InTheSecretGarden.com. Now, today we're talking about food production, and I'm very happy to have my online guest uh, for his second visit with me, David B. South, owner and founder of monolithic.com for monolithic domes. How are you, David? I'm doing great. Okay, and thank you for being with us again. I remember the last time you were on the show, you talked about how excited you were about your new grow dome. And you insisted that I contact you again later so we could hear all about this grow dome because I was shocked when David I heard you say that that dome yields enough food that 600 acres would normally yield so I was thrilled and so I've watched on your website the production a little bit and can you tell us a little more about that grow dome please I will um, it's not moved as fast as I 
that thought it would. I had one group last year who was going to write me a check for 400 of them to go in Abu Dhabi. Oh, wow. cabin year round, wow. year round now it was so fun oddly enough a couple of days ago someone put on the youtube you if you try to survive off the land you can't because actually they were in winter and they said how can we survive in winter we have to eat canned food and this dome provides you said year round yield for four to five people just in that cabin size yeah 
to five families. Four to five families. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to correct you. I did notice one of the things you're mentioning. A lot of folks don't realize how much Europe is changing. Yes. But there's one number that is absolute and it can be measured. And it's fascinating. And that's the magnetic north pole. Yes. Is moving. Yes. And it's moving 600 feet per day. Yes. It's moving across into into Russia. Yes. It's 600 feet per day. I don't know what that all means. It means that the metal core of the Earth is shifting, or else the magnetics wouldn't be shifting. And, boy, I hope it doesn't hook and turn <laughs> the rest of the Earth with it. Now, what happens is that's my specialty. For years and years, I've studied that because I didn't believe it. Years and years ago, believe it or not, I studied for five years scientists and geologists, as well as metaphysicians and spiritual people. I got rid of all the crud and only listened to credible people. And David, I followed that data for all these years, and every pinpoint was correct. And that's what I was alluding to earlier in the topic, and I've talked about on this show before. I even have now a YouTube video about this because I was given as a psychic a vivid, detailed dream that the new North Pole will now be located between Russia and the Aleutian Islands off the coast of Alaska. And that is happening rather rapidly. Now, during your talk, you mentioned the food production that the average scientist talked about for the world in 35 years. Get this, WebBot their production online where they've been following the talk or the input in the internet for a few years and they found that it's very accurate in predicting things like the stock futures then they went on to predict wars and famine and food but what they would hear of crosstalk it seems on the internet and they found that for two, to the year 2012 by the end of this year the number one topic of conversation would be food production 70% higher than any other topic. Now, I'm not surprised. Exactly. Now, that would be because that means that they found that every individual, that would be most on their mind. Food production, not just food, but the production of it. So I know that these anomalies are not anomalies, these earth changes, just like you noted the change for the North Pole. It's exponentially increasing. It used to do it every so every couple of years. Now it's intensified faster and faster. And like you said, the core as well as the interior, because we've got both to deal with. There's other things going on in the core. Because man has only drilled down to eight miles into the crust that goes on for some 32 miles. So there's a lot going on in Mother Earth. But this, I found, the Earth has changed her geographic North and South Pole 82 times. Scientists five years ago figured out she changed her magnetic North and South Pole at least 131 times. So in those wonderful... Ch Go ahead. You know more about it than I do. You're doing great. <laughs> so I, I've sought to, remember years ago, disprove it. I thought, I hate when it, misinformation goes out to the public. It just, as I've never liked it. So I was going to say it was a myth about the Earth changing. And no, that's why they're calling these climate changes. It's really exactly what happens before she does this. And I thought it was interesting because your domes are the one things that will survive all these changes. Well, and I, for instance, you're talking about the food and the need for it. Uh, I'm working with a man that's starting to go with indoor growing of food in Florida. Uh, he doesn't figure he needs a dome because he doesn't. He's in Florida. He figures he can get by with just great big buildings. Uh -oh. Uh, uh oh. I worry about it because you know here comes a hurricane. There goes these big buildings. But on the other hand, he, he told me yesterday that he's getting bugged to death by a company that's asking him to grow tomatoes, tomatoes only. They've offered to buy 40,000 pounds a week and pay a minimum of $2 a pound, absolute minimum. And, uh, and that's at his plant, loaded on the truck. And 
raise certain heirloom tomatoes, which you cannot grow in the field. Right. Uh, they'll pay him $6 a pound for them. Uh, and, uh. Uh, and what he's saying, and, and I thought it's very true, every now and then we get tainted food out of the fields. Yes. We get something that kills us. Yes, and, uh, salmonella, E. coli. Yeah, and if we grow them inside of a sealed container and take care of it, we at least have a shot at keeping it clean or at least minimizing it to that one structure rather than, you know, big fields that get mixed in with big warehouses that get mixed in with big shipping and the next thing you know. Like here in Texas last year, there was a time period where you couldn't get a tomato on your hamburger because they were frightened of all the tomatoes because they'd had some that were killing people. Exactly, and that's what will happen here in California, the El Pollo Loco, with the salsa. You'll find when there's a problem with the tomatoes, that little container of salsa, they don't even give you automatically, it'll be half full. So they went down to little half-sized containers because they have such a problem with uh, the yield of tomatoes and the production based on weather. Between weather and the little culprits out in the field because it's been so highly sanitized instead of natural, it's important that we have to understand. And, you know, your, your, the, your customer in Florida, I have news based on my research, and this is not to scare people. This is to help people to be practically prepared. I'm into preparation, not fear. What happens is we will probably lose through these changes, part of the earth changes, that lower half of Florida on down, from Orlando on down. So he would be wise to listen to what you're saying about the domes as well as the location of his fields. But that's another, that's a, perhaps another to the day or a topic today. But it's in this investigation I've found through all these years, I've been watching the, 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 the data constantly for over 20 plus years. So this is real and I've been trying to get people prepped. So on those off fronts, I want your domes for their homes and in safe places and locations. But people thought, David, that the earth made these great mountains and great gorges and changes in a river flow. They thought it happened over centuries, millions of years. Scientists realized five years ago, it happens all of a sudden, all at once then it stays that way for millions of years, just the opposite. So we on the earth here, and this is just the metaphysical portion, we actually ask to be born at this time of earth's greatest change. Everyone on the planet put a bid in and we were allowed, but the one criterion had to exist on a soul level. They had had to have lived through earth cataclysm before and excelled, otherwise they weren't allowed down. Earth is going through her evolution, so are we physically, mentally, emotionally. But everything on the planet, three-dimensional world so far, happens in three ways. Spiritually, physically, and mentally. So, all these little cute, nice nature anomalies. Everybody saying, oh, the weather changes, the barometric pressure changes, the physical body changes because of those earth changes and weather patterns. They're not just a cute little anomaly. This is what she does to, to prepare for her natural change her geographic north and south pole, as well as her uh, electromagnetic north and south pole. This is normal for her. This is how she grows. And no matter how much ego we, we have, be it New Age lightworkers or New Thought, it doesn't matter. What ends up having to happen is the Earth is a little bigger than us, and it would be egotistical to think that we could stop her in her great evolutionary change. What we promised to do was help everybody down here ride it out. And so whatever we were doing a couple of hundred years ago, your grandfather was doing, my great-grandfather was doing, we're going to have to do again for a little while to get this back on pace again. She's changing. Oh, she's not going to end. She's just growing. And so I, I have to always say to people, you know, it, what, is, what, what did you do naturally when you first wake up in the morning? After you open your eyes, the first thing you do, the first thing human nature does all over the world is I believe, pardon me, they go to the bathroom. Well, Earth is going through her natural phase right now. And pardon me, it's a little slower. It's, it's a, a lot slower than our normal daily natural ritual. 
but in the morning nobody's stopping you on your way. It is the same way nobody can stop the earth on her way. And that's part of the reason for this kind of financial change, the control, because they knew it. They have the scientists can afford it. That's why the government is building right now these bunkers underground at a fast pace. I believe you're aware of that as well. A fast pace that Earthcom had to stop their public production because of the need for the government production. And so what happens is we know that there are going to be great changes and the need is going to be quite urgent before. So forget about the date. I like tangible clues. So Edgar Casey, the world's greatest prophet, talked about this a bit. Edgar Casey talked about this in the 30s, the, uh, the US, United States' most prolific prophet. That's C-A-Y-C-E. And he talked about these changes happening when we were ready emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And the clue for that would be when Mount Etna, Mount Etna in Italy started to go off and be active. Then the greater world changes would happen. Well, i got news for people. It's been going off since August, uh, summer, and late, uh, early fall spewing three, one to three miles of lava in the air. That's the first marker. Second marker I always mention, you can go on my website for more information, is Mount Vesuvius in Italy, just across from Mount Etna. When that goes off, we have to worry about the West Coast. So I love the fact, David, that you are a man, how can I say, that has seen into the future without realizing it and brought the things that we need right now if people were smart enough to listen and just go for the food alone, just for food production, in the changes of climate, let alone these other changes that the Earth is making in her natural path. So the grow dome, as well as the monolithic dome structures, the cabins, the homes, I couldn't believe when I saw them, and I was guided. I mean metaphysically, spiritually guided, as I have worked all this life as a hard and fast skeptic, to your site and to you last year. And so in this, I have done over 50,000 readings in my life, and state people stay clients for years because of the level of accuracy. Get email all about it every day. So I'm just going to suggest you're a man that sees the future and brought it back here to us, if we'll but take the time. We're going to pause for a little break. This is Beyond the Here and Now. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening you're to listening, Indie 100, 100, 100 Worldwide, worldwide. Home, of home of independent music, music and, and fascinating, fascinating, talk. fascinating talk. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lau, and I'm very happy and pleased today. The topic is the urgent need for food production in your own backyard, if you need it, or a larger arena for a community or a group. And I'm very happy to pleased to have my guest again, David B. South of Monolithic.com. Monolithic domes and monolithic grow domes is what we've been talking about to grow the yield. David, before the break, you talked about food production for four to five families in your cabin-sized dome, correct? Correct. And, and that's something that anybody could have in their yard. In their yard. Now, it's interesting because on the break we had a lively conversation as well about how people need to pay more close attention. David, you said it well. You mean the fact that people uh, tend to be idiotic by just everything's going to go along the same as it has been? Everything is going to be hunky-dory, it was called. Or everything is going to go, it's going to be the same, status quo. Uh-uh. <laughs> so. <clears throat> There's so many changes that I get involved with, and I see, number one is, the domes were handed to me when I was still back in high school. I was inspired to start on them. And it's not been an easy trip. I've got to be on a lot of blind alleys, a lot of other things, perfecting it. It was sort of accidental. No, it was inspired to build them the way I do, and that means I inflate a balloon. And then everybody says, oh, you put concrete on it. No, you go inside, and you spray the inside surface with three inches of urethane foam. And then you tie rebar to the inside of that. And then you spray your concrete, embedding all of that rebar on the inside. And something magic happens. When you put a heavy insulation on the exterior of a mass of concrete, you increase the insulation value by five times. And that's one reason why these buildings are more energy efficient than any other structure. If I'd have built them the way people would have thought, 
outside of the urethane, I would have had a nice, well-insulated structure. Right now, I have the most insulated structure. I get the best energy efficient. Nobody can even begin to match it. Well, we need it. Yes. I can bury them in the ground. I can build them on the hilltops. I can do whatever I want with them. In fact, I could even build a submarine with it if you wanted. Wow. But uh, the reality is, is everybody's going to have to start learning to do it. Fire departments. Holy smoke. What would happen if our fire departments shut down? Yes. And we got a big fire. Yeah. The Chicago fire would just be a memory. Uh, it would be again and again. Every morning I get up and... News, we've got another house or another motel or another apartment house that's burning in Dallas. Yes. Uh, I live a half, a half hour away. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think, you know, you can buy fire insurance, but why not have something that can't be burned? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, and something that can't be blown down. The tornadoes don't bite it. Uh, and then the growing your food, what you're talking about, Holy cow. We either going to grow it or we're going to have people starve. Now, if we're on the upper end of the food chain, we're big and tough. Well, maybe we'll be one that gets the food away from the others. But, but you know what, David, what I realize about that, that's the, the we think we're big and tough, but it's the third world countries that already know and are proficient in living off of no food and water. So they're actually going to be the ones that went out because everybody else is in the first world here up the food chain. We've been used to going to the grocery store. Even in Los Angeles at the last earthquake in 95, stores were closed for four or five days, for a week actually. We couldn't get food because everything on the shelves collapsed into the aisles. Everything stopped working. So people forget. They think, oh, well, it'll just be okay. But people in first world don't know how to go for days without food. But in third world, they go for days without food and water and walk 400 miles to get it on top of that. So the thinking thinking has to change because the largest point of the population doesn't have the means to be powerful. They're the middle road or the middle class of the world. And they're the largest point of the population. And so those are the people that need to worry about starving at this point. Those are the people that learn how to go back to the basics to learn how to grow it and get it. And so you see in the consciousness of many, they're making their little mini mini uh, farms or their little terrace gardens on their patio. And the theme of per- permaculture is now going through the world about building naturally. And the theme of community. They're going to have to get back to the basics like you are in your little town. What happens is everybody thinking out of that small base so we can get back on track again. But the cities will be the first hardest hit for food. There's too many people, too much of a concentration. So what well, happens... One of the things, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, go ahead, please. One of the things you say? One of the things that, I'm, for instance, I'm finding, like in the grow domes, yes. you use LED lights. Perfect. It's like a fraction amount of electricity. Perfect. They can be tuned to make the food grow better. They last for thousands of hours. And you can take a lettuce seed and you can either grow it aeroponic, hydroponic, or in vitro. If you put this lettuce seed in some good soil Mm -hmm. and you turn on the light for seven and a half hours Mm -hmm. and then turn it off for 30 minutes, that lettuce seed is seen a day. You can do that three times in 24 hours, and that lettuce seed is now seen three days. Oh, my goodness. And you do that for a few days. On the 18th day, you cut the head of lettuce off and take it to market. It is now grown, ready to eat. (laughs) And you see, there's nothing else. All you're doing is using nature, mama nature, to do what she does best. Yes. That you've given... In 18 days, you've given that seed about 54 days of, of growing time, and it's and now you have something ready to take in there. And we're doing some aeroponic stuff right now, where on the 38th day from planting, we've got tomato 
It takes a visionary. There's so many people with their head in the sand is the saddest part. Yes. You know, I, I, I have a 21st century slideshow and I have a picture of a 1910 Ford. Uh. Golly, it's pretty to look at that 1910 Ford and you think, wouldn't that be fun to have on Sunday? You could drive around the block and wait to all the neighbors. Yeah. But if you had to take off from where you live to New York, you are not interested. <laughs> doing that in a 1910 Ford, you're going to want a 2010, and uh, you can expect the 2010 to go there. Well, 1910, the United States had 8,000 automobiles. Now, I was surprised at that. That's a lot of cars, but they only had 140 miles of paved road. Oh. In 2010, we got 250 million automobiles and 3 million miles of paved road and you have to be pretty stupid if you think that we <laughs> can double that in the next 50 years because we haven't got the, the land to put another 3 million miles of paved road on exactly. we don't have the cars you know we can't, we can't put another quarter million cars out on the road we're going to have to changes we have to make the changes exactly and so obviously i gotta don't change that's a that's a structure that's i like to think of every one of me ask me well how long will this building last i tell them 500 years and if it isn't standing in 500 years you come see me but you know that's just a, a joke because i don't expect too many more years. Uh, <laughs> yes, but but your ideas are. <laughs> yeah, the domes will be, and that dome I build will be there for 500 years or a thousand. I, I brag about the Pantheon as monolithic's oldest cousin. It was built in 126 AD, so it's coming up on 2,000 years. But it's the only structure of any size that is not fell in. Except yeah. for the pile of rocks called the pyramids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just a pile of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> the well, Pantheon has been in use. Yes. Well, as you're speaking, so, as you're speaking today, I'm looking. I'm looking out the window near me, and we, unfortunately, in California, have 55 mile an hour winds gusting. Last night in Nell, I see the trees going crazy. But people don't realize this is an anomaly. When the Earth slows down her rotation, the atmosphere still travels at 1,100 miles per hour around her. So these are indicators that her, the, we had tornadoes in Alabama that wiped out the whole state. They were only going at 100 miles. You know? Yep. So they were only... By the way, yeah. I had three big... I had seven big bombs, big, huge church facility. Church facility in Birmingham, Alabama, that was hit by that first four or five tornado this summer. And uh, they called the insurance company and said, We've been hit. And the insurance company says, Oh man, we got a $52 million liability there. 
Yes. Uh, 25 semi loads of ceramic tile. Mm-hmm. And when the town blew into their buildings, they busted 1,200 pieces of the 24,000 square tile. Uh, tile. <laughs> uh, some total. <laughs> we gotta do this stuff if we don't. Exactly. Exactly. That's my whole point, and why build something that's going to be not, that will won't last, especially through these great changes. But David, you teach on uh, your facility, don't you? You have people come from all over the world so they can learn this process. April and May, September and October, we have workshops. They usually get between thirty and forty people. I limit them to forty. Sometimes I'll have an extra workshop just because they want it. And I will have people from around the world come here to learn how to build the domes. I do not intend to build all the domes. I want to teach other people how to do it. Uh, we're having people writing about how many buildings here in Mexico. Like little company can't do that. If it could, I wouldn't do it. I want to get others doing it and getting involved. So yes, those four weeks are on our website. You go to monolithic.com and look up workshop. Type in workshop and uh, and tell everything about them. They're a five-day course, and uh, what they do is they go through the fundamentals, and then people have to go out there and pull up their sleeves and go to work. And I believe they're they're relatively inexpensive. It's nine hundred and seventy-five dollars, I believe, for the week, correct? That's correct. And we feed them. Uh, they have to find their own place to stay. Oh. Yes. Uh, and we feed them, and we work them for. And we start at eight in the morning, go till seven at night. Well, with all these with all these changes, I would say that's a brilliant business. Whoever wants to get into that business, so. Well, there's more people doing it all the time, and we've also done some fun things. For instance, let's pause on that. We're going to have to take a little break, and we'll be back on those more fun things in just a moment. You're listening to Indie 100 Worldwide, home of independent music and fascinating talk. And we're back. This is, of course, Beyond the Here and Now. I'm your host, Antonia Lal. And I'm happy to say the topic today is food production and the urgency for you to take it into your own hands. Very happy and pleased to have again my guest, David B. South, a second time on Beyond the Here and Now, regarding the grow domes that he has uh, literally, that have been taking off. The grow dome will yield enough food for four to five families in the grow cabin. The grow dome itself yield, and that's amazing what you talked about the last segment. But you said there's some fun things going on too. After we were talking about the classes that you have twice a year, some of the fun things. Yeah. Some of the fun things uh, are. What are those? No, no, go ahead. What are those? some of those fun things you started to allude to before the break? Well, over the last few years, I've been trying to develop an ultra-low-cost buildings for primarily to start out in the third world, in um, Africa, South America, etc. And we've been doing well. We call it the eco-shell. And what we do is we inflate an air form and hand-apply concrete on the outside of it, then pull the air form out and go use it to build another building. So all we have is the actual concrete that's been hand-applied. But it's got a major fault in that we have to use rebar, yes. steel rebar. Yes. Well, now we have a new reinforcing that's made out of lava rock. Really? Now, right now, we only get it from the Ukraine and China. I'm trying to put funds together to build a plant here in the United States. But you take lava rock and you pull fibers out of the lava rock, like fiberglass fibers. Yes. And then you can take them and weave them together. You can box them, whatever you need to do. But it's one-tenth as weighty as steel and 2.2 times stronger. And I don't have to worry about it rusting. Uh. So what it allows me to do is to take that building that I can build with two inches of concrete and pin it down to one or one and a quarter inch with these basalt reinforcing in 
Yes. And it eliminates any danger of water rusting the rebar. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I am just excited because for $1,000 worth of material, I can build a house that will satisfy the needs of a family any place in the world. Wow. And, and be structurally sound for about 500 or more years. Yep. Done. So I want to worry about it burning, falling down, wind blowing it down or anything. It's impervious. The dome structures, uh, it's important. People have to understand that is a structure that stands after major earthquakes. That is a structure that stands through time, is that dome structure. So the winds can't hit it. These high winds today will blow down a lot of business, uh, biz- buildings and homes and businesses, blow out windows here today in California. It will also push those fires. But the round domes are impervious, or the long domes, those smooth surfaces are impervious to those, those high winds. But, David, you talked about um, a bit ago about, actually, you talked to me about it. You have a documentary that's coming out that they can go to what website and find that? Well, they can go to the website right now is 40, yep, I mean, just a four zero point, P-O-I-N-T, plan.com, 40-point plan, and the man that set that up has a movie that's going to premiere in the L.A. Basin in the third week of February this year. They've got the dates on the website, and he has done how we can save the United States over the next five years and wow. make a huge difference. And when he found out about the domes, he wrote it in because we've got a lot of designs besides just a simple dome. we got towers and 10,000-bed hospital design and other stuff. Wow. And what he's doing is putting it in. And it's going to be fascinating. Anybody wants to see that 40-point plan movie, they can see it on the website right now. They can't see it. They just see the The advertising. Okay. 40pointplan.com. 40pointplan.com, right? Right. Okay. And if they want more information about... Uh, monolithic go- domes to, to purchase or to buy for their own use or grow domes or to take those classes that you offer twice a year. Um, how can I say it? Uh, they can go to monolithic dome. No, actually, monolithic.com, right? Right. Okay. If you print my website, it gives you a pile of paper 60 inches tall. So when you get on my website, there's a site navigation that's a good idea to read it because it'll tell you how to find all the stuff on it. Perfect. I love your site, by the way. So I think it's... I love it also because it's a family-owned company, and you have your heart in the right place for mankind. Your heart and mind and your actions show a lot, and I, I thank you for that. For your thanks for coming on the show today, what I'd like to do is exchange this gift that you've given me of your presence today with my gift as a professional psychic, David, a metaphysical expert and teacher and researcher, deep researcher, I'd love to trade and just do a mini reading on the air for you. And while you're getting that question together, I want to let the audience know they can do this too for a longer version, an hour-long reading if they'd like, by going on my website at inthesecretgarden.com. But to let the people know how I do this, as a professional psychic, it's quite different than a storefront gypsy. I am psychic, clairvoyant, clairaudient. That means that I see and I hear. This is happening to me since I'm uh, in my childhood early on. But I'm a hard and fast skeptic, have always been. I believe it, it needs proof and confirmation always. So in taking on these vast studies of metaphysical sciences, I still believe it's important to continue those studies no matter how psychic. But my client base have done over 50,000 readings, stopped counting in 2002. Uh, for my clients are celebrities, doctors, lawyers. They stay clients for many, many years because of the level of accuracy. I have a high referral base for clients all over the world. On top of all this, I kept demanding years years ago for proof. This is our lives. I don't want to mess those things up. And all the studies and all that put aside, believe it or not, they started to give me the proof before it was trendy. On top of all this, I literally see and I hear your own guide, your own guardian angel, so to speak. 
and that's who knows you better than I. No, they don't have wings. That's our human side that picked up those wings because they saw that force field or undulating auric field undulating in the 5th century. They thought they were wings. But it's a highly evolved soul. You chose between you and the universe before your birth. You can't get down here without it. That soul never has to come back down to earth. They're done with earth school. They're extremely evolved and know your plan, your agenda. They're always around 24-7, I can guarantee it, even if we're not taught. If I can see it, I'm human, anyone can. But that's who guides the reading. I just use tarot, astrology, numerology, palmistry, graphology. I know all those sciences very well, but only as a third point of reference to confirm what I'm being shown and told. During this reading, they're going to put me through in your body. I'll feel it as you would, see it as you would through your eyes, physically, spiritually, emotionally feeling it. And they'll pull me out. I'll see you in the whole scene. Then they're talking and telling me stuff at the same time. And I'm confirming it with everything else I have um, for those um, third points of confirmation. And they love you very much. They're not going to say things you couldn't handle hearing. So again, people can go at www.inthesecretgarden.com for information on your own or get a mini reading on the air, one question for free, or a whole coverage for the, 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 the time for a really nominal fee on the air. So up to you, and um, now back to you, David, for your question. Is this exchange today? Well, my question is, I'll preface it by the fact the economy has not been real kind to me this mm-hmm. last year, two years, three years. Yes. Uh, it's chopped off my house market. I, I'll build 10 buildings where I was building hundreds. Well, uh, well. I'm building the big domes, schools, and things. So I'm not dead in the water. But I have huge areas to go. I could go after the growth domes with more intensity, or I could go after these little domes for the millions of people that need them and uh, I'm wondering if you have any advice as to which area you would suggest I proceed in. Okay, there's two because now the powers that be are getting on alert about, um, how can I say, the need for this kind of housing. And so what I find is um, every day you're going to be attracting those kind of people that have the, the wealth where you have the knowledge that they have the billions of dollars and they're not aware of all these other things. Um, I did a, I believe it was, um, I went to a function at a 56,000 square foot home residence here in Los Angeles last year. I also did one for 11,000 square feet function. They're all around out here. But all those means and people know more or less that they have this opportunity to have that kind of quality of income. So that's two ways, the connection for those large amounts. So we can ask one question or two. We have time here. You want to ask, would it be best for the greatest, highest good of your soul and benefit to focus primarily on the grow domes at this time? Or you can ask, would it be best to promote the dome residences or dome structures at this time? Which one would you like to ask first, please? Well, I think I would like to know whether I should go after the grow domes first. Let's focus on that. Would it be best for the greatest, highest good of your soul to put priority in your business on the grow domes at this time. Please say stop shuffling whenever you want me to stop. But you're going to ask that not to me, not to you either. You're asking it non-verbally in your mind, that exact question, to God, the universe, your guy, guardian angel, in your own way with love and respect to them. Would it be best? Thank you. All righty, one second. We always defer to them because we're human. We only use 2% of our brain, and the universe uses a lot more has nothing to do with man's 35,000 religions that man invented. That's the problem God did not. It's our own personal connection to God and the universe. On the path where you're headed, David, they say you're excited about the grow domes and the need is great. The answer is yes. They say the grow domes are the entrance into the larger domes. The grow domes and the grow cabin will make them interested in the larger dome structures they said they're going to need. They said the grow domes and the underground grow domes especially. Here it is. They showed me the answer is yes. They said there's some sort of potting structure you're going to change or whatever it is happening up, uh, coming up in the next few months, two to three months, they tell me. But what I like is there's a gentleman on tap here who is good aspect or good for this on the grow dome structures. He is um, could be light-haired, light-eyed, not necessarily his appearance, but I know he has the signs of...